Hello, my lovelies. Welcome to another episode of DJ Force 10 in Conversation, number 101. How fantastic is that? We have broken the 100 mark. And I've got a very special guest on this show. It is Jeff Downs. He is a a keyboard player extraordinaire. He um, plays in such bands as The Buggles, who have a radio uh, video killed The Radio Star. Uh, He also plays in Yes. And he also plays in Asia. Uh, But we are talking about DBA today. That is the... um, downs braid association group he has um and they are about to release a new album on the 29th of november uh it's called live in england uh it's a live recording surprisingly uh from that name and um yeah it it features um hits from from two of the sort of um legends of, of music uh composition uh you got jeff downs uh who we're chatting to today and he 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 uh plays with chris braid uh who is another player extraordinary player and um this is uh their third offering um they've got a couple of studio albums out but this was the first time they uh played together live or played some of these songs together live and they're going to be doing it again in february as well that's when the uh vinyl comes out for it so those interested in vinyl will have to wait until february 2020 um but if you're if you want to get your hands on it it's a two cd dvd box set um and uh yeah it's absolutely fantastic i love listening to it uh it really does take me back um to childhood and stuff like that where uh music was played uh in the household or in my dad's car or something like that and um yeah it's uh it's just a fantastic album but we i I talk about that in the interview uh managed to get him on the phone uh which was awesome um i'm so uh lucky to get these things uh sorted especially with these legendary artists and um yeah i hope you guys enjoy it. i hope you guys are enjoying this i'm still doing my scratch uh as of today we're on 323 oh my goodness um i'll be on more by the time this is released uh, in a couple of days so uh do keep an eye on that it's on uh, youtube it is on my instagram just search out dj force x and um it should bring up uh all the um bits and bobs you need to know uh if you're interested in a bit of creative dj djing a bit of scratch um or you're just curious uh but yeah no it's it's certainly i'm gonna report on it at the end of the year and see where we're at but i've also got my plan for next year uh, a lot of people asking what are you gonna do next barnaby what are you gonna do well i'm not gonna tell you right now but um it will be cool uh it does involve this podcast so um it'll just give it a, a, a different angle which will be nice um but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about that at a later date but anyway right now this is Jeff Downs on DJ Force 10 in conversation. Enjoy. So, uh, yeah, Jeff, thank you very much for doing the show, first and foremost. Um, no problem at I, all. I really appreciate nice it. No, it's, it's absolutely um, well, my pleasure. <laughs> I'm going to say that because it's. Uh, um, I've been a fan of your music for a while. Some of the stuff I actually wasn't. Uh, I wasn't aware that you were part of. Um, oh, right, initially, okay. yeah, I um, remember checking checking past. A little bit, a little bit. I was I was doing a little digging, and um, after uh, I got the opportunity from Sharon, uh, she sent me the uh, Downs Braid Association 
uh, radio track initially. Um, and, oh, right, okay. uh, and then since the album, uh, the live in England, um, okay, good. which you've got coming out, uh, at the end of, uh, November. Um, That's right. November 29th, I think. Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, it's a two CD and DVD box set. Is that correct? Indeed, yeah. Yeah, cool. And that's uh that's the live performance you had um uh back in oh was it twenty eighteen, so I've got it. It was about right a year from... ago, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was last uh September, so uh, yeah, yeah, over a year ago. Excellent. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it was a great gig, we really enjoyed it. And I'm glad we managed to uh I'm glad we managed to capture the the event because it's uh you know, we we had a chance of Using material from all, for all three albums that we've done together, so uh, yeah, uh, you know it was uh, it was really good. No, it's, I mean, like, I've I've listened through the album and it, it did sound like an absolutely amazing event. <laughs> I'm oh, gutted I missed it. <laughs> this is why I was like yeah. finding out a bit more about you as I was sort of like preparing for this. So it was um. No, it was a, it was it, like I said, it sounded like a fantastic um, um, live event. I really liked. Uh, uh, there was a few tracks that really. Um, uh, I really liked on there. Uh, you got uh, uh, Machinery of Fate, um, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, that was from the second. That was from the second album. Yeah, I mean we were lucky because we had, you know, we had uh, some great musicians with us as well to uh, complement the whole thing. And, yeah, uh, and uh, we had uh, David Longdon from uh, Big Big Trade who joined us, and uh, uh, Andy Hodge, uh, bass player, who played on the, the last album. As uh, as uh, Dave Colker here in Lucas House, so it was a uh, it was a really good night, and uh, you know I think it was um, very much a kind of musicians uh, you know get together, which is great. Yeah, no, it definitely sounded that way. Um, it was it was it was a I was listening to it. And my wife says it's like a big jam, like big jam session. Yeah. Um, just these guys playing through various like back catalogue classics. Um and uh, and I had to agree with her really because that's exactly what it sounded like. We had it on in the house, so it was um it was really enjoyable. Yeah, no, I'm looking for. I'm I'm actually um probably going to pick up the vinyl version of it. I know that doesn't come out until February, but um I'm yeah. Up. Well, the, the thing is that uh, uh, both Chris and I are big vinyl fans, and yeah. uh, um, you know all all three albums in the past have been available on vinyl. Um, because I think that, you know, the way that the albums were written, they were written in a kind of sequence, you know, like, like the old the old ways that people used to put uh, albums together. Yeah. And and I think, that, you know, quite a bit of that has been lost these days, whereby, uh, you know, people just sort of just jump around from track to track, which you couldn't do in, uh, in, in the viral days. You know, you put, you put the, you drop the, you drop the stylus at, uh, at the top of the of the album, and you listen to the whole thing. You yeah. know, I think that in many ways that is really, you know, it was it was a it's a bit like you know where if you listen to a piece of classical music, you know, you don't you don't suddenly sort of jump in halfway through the third movement and uh, you know and then jump back to the front of the thing. You know, you you listen to it as a whole. And that, I think that's what Chris and I were trying to get across was, you know, we were making an album, not just a collection of songs. Yeah. No, definitely. I mean, I'm a big vinyl fan myself, so um, that is definitely something that is missing, um, especially on the more modern albums. Um, like they're they're more of a uh, what's it? Just a collection of single tracks, rather yeah, than right. rather yeah. than a story. And, you of know, a... people 
obviously you know, people just download the, uh, the, the the track that they've heard, the MP3 or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, or MP4. It's uh, you know it's, it's a it's a, it's a way that it's gone, but at the same time, I think both Chris and I were very much of the opinion that we wanted to do something that was, you know, had had some some stream of consciousness and some air of connectivity between all the tracks, rather yeah. than it just being a uh, a collection of songs. Yeah, no, that's I think that's why I wanted to pick up on vinyl, to be honest with you, because um, I, yeah. like I say, I'm a vinyl fan, and I, and and th- these sort of like, um, you know, the 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 way, like you say, you, you've created this. It owes itself yeah, to be I think played. That's why in people that do fashion. like vinyl. You know, it's it's, it's, a, it's an event, isn't it? You, you kind of you, you put it on and you and you just let it roll. You know, and you yeah. get drawn into it that way. Yeah. And and I think that um, you know, it's it's not something that should be cast aside for and pay. You know, the, the modern technological way that things operate. Mm roll her over that I, I don't think that should happen you know I think that the that, that people should be able to appreciate an album as an album rather than it just being you know as just a collection of songs yeah no definitely definitely um so this this performance um this was your first performance as the Downs Braid Association is that correct that's right yeah yeah so why why did it take that was it just sort of like your schedules getting together why did it take so long to sort of um come together in a live setting or was it or was it did it start as a sort of just a studio project well i think we started it more as a, as a studio project but i think um i think we both felt that we'd like to like to perform it live and mm. uh, uh but i think at, the, at that point uh, in, in the early part when we just done one album or so you know would not have been very realistic just to play play one album, but I think that once we got further along the line and we did two more studio albums, then we had you know pretty good um, source of material to be able to pick from and, and put a, a, a nice set together. Mm. But there was more more to do with that as much as it was to do with the fact that uh, obviously Chris is um, lives out in LA and I'm usually in the UK or travelling around, so. It's, it's um, you know, it, it it was a mix. We just had to try and find a window where we could do it, and that that's what happened. Yeah, I mean, I suppose between being in Yes and Asia and things like that as well, because obviously they're they're out. You're out on tour with them. Um, I think recently. Yeah, I mean, I just, just, we just did a big tour this summer in, in the states of both Yes and Asia. So um, mm. uh, it's it's not that easy to. You know, to, to collaborate, but at the same time, I think once I got back, we we, we exchanged ideas, and then we started to build things up, and um, and that's pretty much how we we worked together for the whole the whole of the project. And we're going to be looking at doing another one at some point, mm. um, not necessarily in the near future, but certainly uh, hoping to get one out in the next year or so. Yeah, no, I mean, was that that was going to be my next sort of uh, point of question. <laughs> like, are you planning to do it again? Because I'd love to come see it. Um, obviously, if you if you're playing in the UK, um, yeah. Well, it's it's just an ongoing thing, you know. I think it's um, it, it's it's a bit of a not so much a hobby for for Chris and I because we do take it very seriously. But yeah. um, it's something that we both enjoy doing, and we're not really pressured by. Um, you know, we're not we're not seeking massive commercial success or anything like that. You know, we just want to make 
the kind of music that we like, and I think if we like it, then uh, you know we, we're gonna some other people are gonna like it, and that, yeah. that's really how we approach it. It's a no, it's a no pressure, relaxed um, situation that we're both very comfortable with. Excellent. No, that's really cool. That's that's the kind of vibe I got from the the performance as well. Um, that it was that kind of a, a passion point. Um, that you were going through like music that 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 you wanted to play. Yeah, I think um, some people go out there and they. Um, I mean, we're, we're both Chris and I are fortunate in in the fact that we've both got you know successful careers ongoing, mm. and uh, uh, and so I suppose it's a we've been afforded something of a luxury to be able to uh, to get on with doing something you know is very special to both of us. Yeah, and and. Um, you know, without the constraints or pressures of uh, of having to do that specifically for a living, and uh, and so as I say, it's got a sort of hobby hobbyist feel to it as much as anything else. Mm. No, definitely, definitely, and I'm just like tapping on your the, the commercial success side of things. Um, the the rearrange or the arrangement of video killed the radio star you did for that show was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> and and the Polaro as well. The yes, the yes track. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, it's uh, it's it's nice to be able to to. I mean, with with Chris, you know, we we could we could go out and we could play virtually all of the, that stuff um, just with a, a keyboard and a, and, a, and the vocal, you know. Mm. And I think that when you strip those songs down uh, and you could actually perform them in that kind of environment, then uh, I think that. There's, you know, something about the strength of the song itself because um, the way that I used to write with John Wet in, in Asia was very similar to that. Is that, you know, we we often felt that if we couldn't make it work with a very very uh, rudimentary keyboard accompaniment and and the lead vocal, then it probably wasn't going anywhere as a song. So that was very much, um, you know, the the unplugged theory is is really quite. Um, Significant, I think, for as songwriting goes, is that it's you know if if you can make it work in that environment, then anything you can add to it in production. Well, it totally took me by surprise that track because I was like, I saw the track listing, I was like, oh, cool. And now when I was listening to the album, there was obviously there was vocals, there was like, um, you know, you could hear all the musicians playing, and uh, for it to come out as like an instrumental, um, but orchestral at the same time. Yeah, well, I was I like. Yeah, I think that's that's again is part of the uh, is part of the charm, particularly of that song. Uh, and of course, the thing with Chris is that there's a significance to it because uh, I think the first album Chris ever bought was The Age of Plastic by The Bubbles. Oh, really? And um, and one of the reasons why he wanted to get together with me was because he was a huge Bubbles fan and and the style of arrangements and sounds that I used and. Um, you know, the chord structures and all that kind of stuff. He was a huge fan of that, so um, that's one of the main reasons why he wanted to work with me, and, uh, and I think we, we hit it off pretty well straight away. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, there was a few other tracks that I really liked as well. It was uh, Suburban Ghosts um, was a good track, and Lighthouse as well, which I think is the radio single. Um, yeah, Lighthouse is a, it's a great channel. Yeah, they're all very kind of melodic, and uh, mm. and I think that um, you know some people, you know, like yourself, will pick out uh, individual tracks. But I think that um, 
you know, was one of our providers was we like we like melodies and we like you know tunes and you know call it call it old fashioned stuff. But <laughs> um, uh, that was one of the things that we tried to get across was to and Chris is very very adept at being able to make a number of different melodies off a very simple structure. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, so that was, you know, that's one of the things that I really admired about how he approached it was that he, he could deliver a completely different set of, uh, set of lyrics and set of tunes uh, over, over the, you know, some of the basic stuff that I put together. Mm. No, it was, uh, no it, the, the whole experience of it was really good. Like, I can, oh, great. I'm highly great. recommending it to my people that are listening to this as well. Yes, well, we enjoyed it. Yeah, no, it definitely sounded that way. That's what I really liked about it. It was it just sounded yeah. like a fun night. No, there's there's very rare where you can, yeah. like some shows you go to and the musicians they do enjoy it. But there are some nights where they're just yeah. kind of playing through, you know, going through the motions, if you will, because they're playing that set again. But this just sounded like a whole experience of Yeah, yeah. well I don't think we were trying to prove anything. We just wanted to go there and, and get on you know, get our music out all bit to a you know, select Few, but at the same time, um, you know, it was more, uh, it was experimental, and I think mm. the experiment worked. Which is why we're doing a, we're doing another show there in February, actually. Um, okay. Uh, on Valentine's Day of all Ooh. things, so um, uh, it's it's going to be uh, again. We're going to get recruit the same same guys who who uh, who did the last one with us, and uh, I think it'll be, you know, we're going to change it up a bit, do a couple of few of the songs that we didn't do on this particular yeah. uh, live recording. And, um, you know, it's just, just a bit of, it's a bit of fun. Cool. Excellent. Well, um, we're going to, we're going to round things up a little bit now, if that's all right. Um, cause I don't want to keep you yeah, too long. Cause I know you've probably got a few of these today. Um, um, but, um, these are just sort of more, uh, questions that I, I sort of, they're the questions I ask every musician that I speak to, um, on my interviews. Uh, they're kind of a bit more about yourself, your influences and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I'm just uh, interested into knowing what your three top albums are of all time, kind of the ones that kind of shaped you in the musician that you are today. Well, I think I'd have to go back for quite some time, probably into the mid to late 60s. Mm. I think um, uh, Poco Haram were a huge influence um, and the nice... I think most of my interest came from that period whereby, yeah. um, you know, bands suddenly started to have a key- keyboard-driven element into it, mm-hmm. uh, whereas before, you know, even the Beatles were very, very guitar-oriented, um, albeit they did have, you know, certain keyboard parts come in. But, but you know, when I saw bands like Poco Harum uh, and The Nice and uh, uh, King Crimson starting to come see that, all of those, all of those bands had a, had a big influence on me because they were very, very keyboard oriented. Cool. Um, and one of the one of the big albums that I always cite as being probably my favourite album of all time was um, uh, "The Land of Grey and Pink" by Caravan, which really was to me the, the ultimate keyboard driven album of that of that era. So um, I definitely, uh, I definitely cite that one. Um, Probably the visitors by ABBA was another one that you know again was very keyboard driven. Um, you know, uh, Benny Anderson was uh, was a, a brilliant um, orchestrator. You know, and if if people listen to uh, some of the stuff 
below the you know beneath the surface. Yeah, it's actually quite progressive. You know, there's quite a prog mm. element in uh, in Abba's music, which is under under you know, underpinning the whole thing. Mm. And uh, uh, I think some people might miss that and just dismiss it as um, a straight pop music. So um, that would certainly be be up there in my my book. Third album, I'm not sure. Maybe. Um, <laughs> Uh, possibly got me there. Maybe Marvin Gaye. What's going on? Okay, album. cool. Yeah, um, because I, I think that you know he was probably one of the most um, emotional singers that, that they've been. I mean, I've, you know, Fleetwood Mac. I love Stevie Nicks. Yeah, um, all sorts of. I like music from all genres, and cool. um, so it's, it's very hard to make that decision, but I've given you three albums there that no, would certainly be up there. No, definitely. I'm going to check out the, the ABBA album, because I don't think I've listened to that. I know about, obviously, Marvin Gaye's What's Going On, and I'm, I, I'm, you're the first one that's ever mentioned Caravan. Um, right, I'm aware uh, of the band, but uh, I'll check out, I'm going to check out Graham Pink again. Um, yeah, check out, check out Caravan. Yeah, no, definitely, not, definitely. Uh, nine feet underground is the is a big long track, and it's it's effectively it's just a um, a Hammond organ solo nearly all the way through. But it's uh, it's so well structured that, um, but you know they're they're all all very kind of um, keyboardy keyboardy albums. Cool. And that's that's really you know my thing. Yeah, no, I I have a sort of similar uh, thing with my my influences because I'm a, I'm a DJ. Um, radio dj right now um but uh a perform- what, what kind of what kind of rock classic rock or or modern um, stuff a bit of everything on that front it's on a rock station uh oh, the right, radio okay. show itself but um my my background as a dj is uh I, i'm i'm a like a scratch dj as well which is more like the performing right, okay. side of things so it's sort of taking manipulating sounds on records and stuff and making them you know work with music and whatnot but um, no, okay. I, it's the same thing with some of my influential you're, you're albums. You're sort of moving into the, the creative DJ role. Yes, yeah, exactly that. Right. Um, and it, 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 the same sort of thing. I've got like highly out like albums that influence me that have a like a, a DJ sound on it or a DJ yeah. on it, and um, and that's what it's the same sort of thing with you with the keyboards. I was just sort of like, ah, oh, so it's the same right. path, yeah, but obviously a bit more like you know into that DJ well, I mean, side. Yeah, of things, a lot so. of um, a lot of dance music that came out was, um, you know, was, uh, they all started using old analog keyboards and that sort of stuff. Yeah. You know that, um, uh, you know, it, it, the analog keyboards took a massive resurgence when, particularly uh, the Ibiza kind of dance music came up. Yep, definitely. Yeah, you because know, a lot of the DJs were using, um, you know, analog keyboards to, to generate the rhythms and the sounds and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So all those old keyboards from the seventies and uh, and early eighties made a huge comeback and and sort of tripled in price. They did, <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I, I sold a lot of mine, so I was a, like, well, there you go. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Um, so, uh, yeah. f- um, where what are your hobbies away from music? Obviously, I know that that this sort of project was more of a hobby base for you. But do you have anything else away from music that you do to unwind? Yeah, or I, mean, I, I, um, I, I do like uh, traveling, and even though I do a lot of it on the road, um, I like to travel outside and and look at places that I never had a chance to look at. Well, when you're on tour, you've got no chance to look at these places. Yeah. So. Um, I enjoy that. Um, I'm very much into my computers and 
uh, tinker around. I've got quite a lot of Macs. So um, cool. I try and keep those all pristine and up to date. And, um, uh, and I'm a big sports fan, so I've, I've got a season ticket at Cardiff City of all places. Oh, cool. Uh, and, you know, that's just... Um, my, my kind of hobbies are as, as, as much time as I can get off the road. I'll... Uh, I spend doing other things. Excellent, excellent. And and finally, where, where's the best place to reach out and find out about um, uh, DBA and and your general projects? Um, well, I think I've got my own website, jeffdowes.com. Um, obviously, the, the Yes World site covers a lot of Yes, so they'll find out what's going on there. Uh, OriginalAsia.com follows the Asia stuff. Cool. Uh, and DBA has its own website called... Um, Twitter account calls a uh, uh, real DBA. Oh, cool! So it's uh, uh, Cherry Red is also the distributor of the um, of, of all the DBA products. We have our own kind of internal label there on the esoteric label. So um, you know, any any one of those sources has generally got some some info going on about DBA. Excellent, cool. Well, Jeff, thank you very much. Okay, nice to speak to you, Barnaby. Have a good rest of your day. Excellent. All right, thank you. Cheers, buddy. Thank you, mate. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.